Whenever your alarm goes off. All over this amazing place we call home, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, it could. We just don't have the budget. Broadcasting live and local. This is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. And this is the podcast version of the show where you get to sit back, relax and catch up on some of the things that maybe you missed, maybe you want to hear again and some of the things that didn't quite make it to air. Coming up, a fun little chat with Aussie comedian Steady Eddie who was coming to Toowoomba for a show at the Irish Club Hotel. Uh, we'll venture into Triple M's Cafe and ask the question, is Playboy the right forum for body positivity? And every Friday, we do a flock of 80s Friday where we celebrate the great music from that decade. And, uh, well, myself and producer Rob, who's a number of years younger than me, in fact, half my age, exactly half my age, uh, we do the generation game. How much does producer Rob know about a decade he never lived in? Well, as I found out this week, a lot more than I would have expected. Here on Triple M, where it's nothing but 80s music and lots of great fun and memories from the decade of decadence. Now, I was there. Uh, I was 10 in 1980, and uh, uh, I'm a big fan of music and a massive fan of sport, particularly uh, Australian versions of both of those things. Uh, producer Rob wasn't there. I was not. No. I 26, so he wasn't even a twinkle in the eye back in the nope. 80s. No. All right. So let's find out how much you do know about this magnificent decade uh, that shaped us so much. We are going to play 80s rock star or 80s footy star. All right. All right. I've got, uh, I've got six names here. I'm going to get them all, Lee. You're going to get them all. And yep. I, can, I can tell you that some of them are 80s rock stars. Some of them are 80s uh, rugby league stars, all right, from the then New South Wales Rugby League, what is now the NRL. Okay, you ready to play? Ready as I'll ever be, Lee. All right. Is Ziggy Niscott a rugby league star or a 80s rock star? That'll, that sounds like a rugby league star to me. You sure? You want to lock in rugby league star? Lock it in, Eddie. Ziggy Niscott. What made you say rugby league star for that? Doesn't sound, he sounds like a sounds like a footy player to me. Well, there you go. Well, you're, you're off to a very good start. Ziggy Niscott played yes. for South, and uh, ah. I can remember having the Scanlon's card of <laughs> Ziggy Niscott. Uh, there you go. All right, uh, Paul Gray is he? A 80s rock star or an 80s rugby league star? That sounds like a rock star name to me. That sounds like a rock star name. Any idea what band he might have been from then if he was a rock star? No, I don't know. Maybe something like Air Supply or something like that. Not quite. Not quite Air Supply. What the hell is this? Oh, come on. You don't know? No. Oh. Wawa Nee uh, and their big hit, Sugar Free. No? All right. Uh, no. Well, you're two from two. You're going very well. Jeremy All Smith. Right. Jeremy Smith, 80s rock star or 80s NRL star? Ooh. I'll go rock star again. 80s rock star again. If he was a rock star, what uh, band would he be in? Jeremy uh, Smith, pretty ordinary name. Maybe no? something like Pseudo Echo or something like Ooh, that? No. No? Ah! 
One of the founding members of the iconic Hunters and Collectors is Jeremy country, Smith. Right? That's three from three. This is getting ridiculous. All right, Kerry Hemsley, 80s rock star or 80s rugby league star? I think I'm going to go rugby league star. Oh, this is getting great. Did you have a look at these? No, I didn't. You've looked at these. <laughs> I haven't. You're cheating. It's four from four. <laughs> he played for the Tigers, and he had a uh. shock of long blonde hair, and I tell you what, he was a... Heck of a hard man, Kerry Hemsley. Boy, oh boy. Played in the uh, 88 Grand Final, considered by many to be one of the, the greats. Leslie Boyd. Leslie Boyd. 80s rock star, 80s footy star. Ooh. Leslie Boyd. Leslie Boyd. I am going to say footy star. Oh, turn it up. Les Boyd, one of the hardest men in rugby league. Uh, the jawbreaker, they called him, and he played for Wes. All right, last one. Paul Starkey. Paul, uh, sorry, Peter Starkey. Peter Starkey, uh, 80s rugby star or 80s... Peter Starkey. Uh, yeah, Peter Starkey. Was he a footy star or a uh, rock star? Footy star? Finally, he got one wrong. No. Oh, thank goodness uh, for that. My yes. streak... That was it. You're not bad. Five out of six. And, uh, yeah, Peter George Starkey was one of the founding members. Of the Skyhooks. There you go. I'll tell you what, you did much better than I was going to give you credit for. I can tell you that. The Generation game has blown up in my face this morning uh, with Robbie (laughs) proving that he does know uh, a fair bit about 80s popular culture. Uh, You've done well. Five out of six. Great guessing. Well done. Thank you very much, Lee. It's 16 past six. You're uh, with Lee Faulkner at 864 We are kicking off our Flock of 80s Fridays. I'm I'm just absolutely destroyed over this side. All right, I'm going to have to come up with something harder for next week. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And with Super Bowl Sunday rapidly approaching in the US, fans have been hit with a couple of curveballs via social media. The first, a groundswell of messages that due to a national shortage, many popular haunts for watching the big game will not have chicken wings, which by comparison would be like a national pie shortage in the lead-up to the NRL Grand Final. And then this. Bid-a, bid-a, no more wiping. What do you know? It feels all right. Bid-a, bid-a, what a fresh feeling. Try a bid-a, washes your clacker, give it a try. Yes, bidets, something Americans have begun embracing thanks to Tushy, a bidet company known for its guerrilla marketing campaigns to bring the bidet into the average Yanks home. The company announced that it's holding an unusual Super Bowl contest and the news made a big splash with Twitter users. On Wednesday, Tushy tweeted that its Super Bowl contest will award $10,000 to the best post-Super Bowl poop sent on what it's dubbing Super Bowl Monday. And there are some guidelines with the company stipulating you can't submit a poo pick that's previously won another prize. Like what, an Archibald? And more disturbingly, you must receive permission to use someone else's poo pick. At this point, I'd like to apologise to my children for bringing them into a world where this actually exists. But while Tushy specifically asked people to hold off on submissions, some couldn't help submitting parody entries already. With more than 100 photos of former President Donald Trump being uploaded to the site in the first hour alone, and the odd photo of the Parramatta Eels jersey. You cannot be serious! 
joining us uh, in the Breakfast Cafe this morning to solve the problems of the world. Uh, our very own uh, marketing and promotions guru, uh, Queensland wide now, uh, Dimity. Good morning. Good morning, Lee. Oh, and always great to have one of our uh, Toowoomba regional councillors. Uh, Councillor uh, Melissa Taylor joins us as well. Good morning to you. Morning, Lee. All right. Well, let's have a chat about these things. First of all, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about the Oscars. I don't know whether you guys go sit and watch these uh, award shows anymore, but we're going to talk about that. But the first thing, uh, the Winter Olympics brought us a lot of things to talk about. Uh, One of those is a couple of uh, German female uh, Winter Olympic athletes have posed nude for Playboy. Now, they say it's not uh, not about cash. I don't care if they want to get cash. Good on them. But they say it's not about that. It's about body positivity. I also have no problem with that, particularly in this body. Uh, More than happy (laughs) with anything to promote that. But is Playboy the right forum for body positivity? Or does it more take away from the, the issue? Because... And I'll just quickly preface this. As a teenage boy growing up in the 80s and there was no internet, Playboy was pretty much it. And it was what shaped many of myself and my generation's thoughts about what a woman is. Uh, blonde, uh, certain, uh, you know, body statistics. Uh, that's what Playboy gave us. Is that really the bastion of body positivity? Dimity? Well, I think the first question we need to ask is who are we promoting this body positivity to? Because yes. has it changed from being male skew? And are women buying Playboy? Well, I've never bought a Playboy magazine. I, Melissa, I can't have you? imagine. <laughs> I don't think we've even opened a page of one. No, um, I, I mean, mean I, I never bought had it for brothers, the articles. Obviously, oh, I used to read the articles. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I bet you did. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. helps with your literacy, article. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yes, it did. Yes. yes, you know, it's part of the reason I'm here. You know, <laughs> yeah. the exciting articles I read. But <laughs> yes. in all seriousness, yeah. only men are buying it. So, so I suppose, yeah. Is that what we want men to think that women need to look like all of the time? Mm. So I think that's a whole different question. Absolutely. And then, of course, you've got the whole, you know, we, we know so much now more coming out about uh, Hugh Hefner and there's another uh, article today about, uh, you know, his tyrannical rule and all the rest of it. I, I didn't mean, even do realise that it so still existed either, though, to well, be honest with you. <laughs> his son now runs it. Uh, he says that he's cleaned it up compared to back in the day. Oh. Uh, but it's still about, you know, nudish. That's basically it, and really great articles. Anyway, (laughs) uh, (laughs) is is Playboy the forum for body positivity? No, I agree with Jiminy because when it comes down to body positivity, women are not looking at that and young girls aren't looking at that and and aspiring to be athletes. And, you know, the athletic body is beautiful, but if you're talking about body positivity, Playboy is definitely not the forum because it is heavily male-skewed. And for a very select... Yeah. ...category. That's exactly right. (laughs) So, and, and obviously... The other thing with this that, you know, we talk about body positive, both of these women are elite athletes. That's right. Both of these women have a body that you would die for. Yeah. How is that helping anybody else with their body positivity image by showing a naked elite athlete? I mean, I don't know. I I can't see. It's a bit like me looking, uh, you know, at, at photos of Greg Norman walking his dog. I, I, you know, doesn't help me. Doesn't help me. I, does it help you really that, that you see the, this is the best a body is going to look? I mean, what it does for me, I suppose, personally, is go, 
I would love to look like that, but yeah. how the hell am I going to fit that many exercises or workouts or whatever? I'm not a professional athlete. I work for a job yep. and, you know, I can get in a workout pre-work or post-work and, yep. you know, it might be half an hour, it might be an hour depending on what time I start and finish work, but it's not realistic for everyday well, life. You're not and training think, six hours a day, six days yeah. a week like an elite athlete is. And to put it like in like modern day terms, I think Instagram also and Facebook and other social media platforms have a lot to answer for when it comes to Mm. those and being able to edit so easily. But Amy Shepard is a really big positive um, Mm. body person from Body Image and she's doing some really great things about loving the skin that you're in and I think... There's a lot more about that that needs to be spoken about and, you know, having just real people... That's on right. covers of magazines. And Lizzo. Yeah. Uh, you didn't think I'd know who Lizzo is, did you? Yeah. I've not You've been well, hanging out with Emma too much. No, oh, yes, I've got young kids. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and she does amazing things around body positivity yeah. uh, and so forth. And, you know, yeah. I, and I've said this before, I've, and, I'll, and I'll say it again, I, I've encouraged for years women to stop buying magazines like New Idea because eventually they'll disappear and for men to stop buying magazines like this. Surely we've got enough other resources online and other things. Do we really need it anymore? I don't think so. That takes me to the next thing because really, Do we need award shows? Do we need to sit at home for three hours on a a weekday and watch some of the wealthiest, most privileged people in the world pat each other on the back about how well they did in a movie they got paid $15 million to make? Do we really need that? Or I mean, I would be happy if they just said, uh, look, a group of uh, experts, panel of experts have uh, have decided that this uh, movie is the best one. These are uh, actors that have done a really good job. And so if you're looking to pick a movie, you might want to go and check that one out because it's it's really very good. Uh, Do we need to sit through the whole thing and the speeches? And I just want to thank everybody, everybody for everything that I've done. Are they a thing of the past, Melissa? Don't you love the bloopers, though? Oh, I do like a blooper. What about the red carpet? And yeah, I, do like, I do like the Golden Globes. I, Maybe not so many. Talk about Playboy now, but I do like the Golden Globes when uh, Ricky Gervais uh, used That's to do right. them, and he would roast everybody in there, saying exactly basically what I just said. You room full of pompous people with all your money. You've turned up here in limos and you're going to sit here and pontificate about yourself. I mean, he just gave it to him. I used to love that. But surely it's time. I mean, we moving on from even the Arias and the Logies and that. Do we need to see? I love a good red carpet. That's really? The only... yeah, so the red carpet. All right, the red carpet, Love where you find it. out who they are dressed by yeah. in an outfit that you'll never be able to afford. You know, I mean, all of that sort of stuff. With aspirational, is it? I suppose. Yep. Okay. I I, I do love it, and I I love to see the um, the leg of jo- and Angelina Jolie and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and the beautiful George Clooney in his suit. You yeah. know, why wouldn't you? Hello. Oh, look. What Melissa, shoes are they wearing? Melissa, yeah. eyes up here, please. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> now, put it away, Lee. Uh, George Clooney. Was, they have to pull out the George Clooney card every time, don't you? I, uh, but, uh, Any okay. All right, so we we keep the Oscars then. Well, I mean, uh, it would be like I don't. Okay. I mean, we do them for local, like on a local level. I yep. think obviously that's next level that only a select few people can go to. Yeah, but, but we don't televise them. We don't televise no. the Chamber of Commerce Business Excellence Awards. Okay, well, let's create a. a Award ceremony for just the regular people then. Oh, okay. And we can get them dressed by, you know, Valentino and... Righto. 
Well, let's have okay, the, let's the have. <laughs> Alice is going to be keen for it. Let's have the Triple M Breakfast Cafe uh, Awards Night. Let's uh, do you know, and we'll do you know the best comment. Yeah. Uh, you know those sorts of things. I mean, we have the radio right. awards. We've got them. It's it's radio's night of nights. Like everyone deserves something, but maybe at the top level, there's too many. Maybe I think so. I think it's way over overdone. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. Uh, thank you for your thoughts. Really do appreciate it. Both of you popping in, uh, spending a bit of your busy day with us, Councillor Melissa Taylor. Thank you very much. Great to see you. And Dimity, back to work. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it never gets old. It's 20 past eight. You would leave for breakfast. Well, once again, a bit of frustration about those who enjoy uh, some water activities around our local dams because, uh, as we've seen over the number of years, uh, more often than not, you think, oh, God, the Kirby Dam, we'll have a little picnic or do something, and then, oh, no, hang on, it's closed again because of the old blue-green algae. Uh, there's been some criticism of the decision by Toowoomba Regional Council to close it under those circumstances, and uh, I'm joined by Councillor Tim McMahon, uh, who uh, looks after that portfolio. Good morning to you, Tim. Good morning, Lee. Thanks for having me. Mate, thank you for your time. Uh, just tell us that the, the current scenario there, I, uh, you know, I mean, I know that gets a bit scientific with the amount of blue-green algae and so forth, but, but you have a set of guidelines. Is that decided by the Toowoomba Regional Council or was that decided somewhere higher than that? Yeah, so our guidelines, and, and without getting into the science, it's got to be under one microgram for it to be allowed uh, safe for recreational use. That's of the the technical names, which is basically blue-green algae, right? So uh, around the Christmas uh, time, it went to about 18 times, that legal limit. Okay. Uh, and the council scientist officers obviously made the call to close the dam. Uh, and it hasn't reopened since, you know, before Christmas, which is, uh, you know, frustration levels are rising at that, understandably so. So... What we've done is, look, our officers have their guidelines that they're working to. Uh, What we can do is ask that we review our guidelines, make sure they're at best practice, uh, and make sure what we're doing is in line with what all the other dams uh, in Queensland and Australia do Mm. regarding closing for blue-green algae. So there's a lot of work it's put... Uh, which should be delivered in a couple of weeks, actually, Lee, on, on whether what we're doing is best practice. Fantastic. So, I mean, when you hear that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping that it's at one and that's and then you hear that it's 18 times. I mean, that sounds diabolical. Uh, what is causing it? Is it, is it the, the, just the lack of water in the dams, the water levels? Yeah, it's an interesting question because sometimes rain causes the problem and okay. sometimes rain helps the problem. So uh, if you think back a year ago where everything was quite dry, uh, our dam was at about 30%. Yep. Uh, and then we had this big inflow of water uh, around October, November there with a big wet. Yes. Uh, that actually brought a lot of the bacteria in with it. So that pushed it up to 18 times. We then saw it go back down to just over the one and now it's sitting at, you know, about four times the limit. So we're hoping that more rain might actually dilute it and help the problem. But certainly there was a lot of runoff uh, from, you know, dry land that hadn't had a lot of rain, uh, which caused the problem originally. So okay. rain is, is both a help and a hindrance, I think, in these situations. And and is it too in relation to the size of the dam? Because we don't seem to hear the same closure levels at places like Somerset or Leslie and, and other dams. Uh, is it simply the, the size of these dams? Yeah, it is. And look, our, our water sources are you know, large enough for us to get by. They're very valid-sized dams, but they're small in comparison to our, our Brisbane friends, which remain open a fair bit. 
So Crestbrook's another one that uh, closes fairly yeah. regularly. It's open at the moment, and that's a good news story. We were allowed to open that one just a few days before Christmas Fair, uh, and you know it, it's open for recreational use. So when when I mean last year and when we were uh, combined dam levels were about to drop below 30%, and you go for a boat ride in one of them, and, you know, you can see the bottom, you can see the blue-green algae. It was, you know, our dams were getting pretty low for a while there, and we're certainly not out of the woods at about 46% now, but, you know, the, the more water and the more volume does help. Absolutely. All right. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing the outcome of that uh, investigation that you're doing surrounding this, uh, and uh, we might have a chat with you uh, in a couple of weeks' time to see how that uh, unfolded. Yeah, Lee, that'd be great. And I've got the officers working on it now. They're going to present to us a review of the guidelines. And and I've been told that uh, hopefully that'll require uh, way less dam opening, dam closings rather, and I can't wait to be briefed on that. So a couple of weeks for that, Lee, that'll be great. Well, Councillor Tim McMahon, thank you as always for making yourself available as you do. Really appreciate your time this morning. Pleasure, Lee. Thank you. It is my favourite time of the week where we get to talk all things food. We do it with Kristen O'Brien from Dime Darling Downs. And uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Lee. How are you going? Look, I'm good. Uh, I'm very interested in what we're talking about today because it's got great appeal for all our wine lovers across Toowoomba and the Darling Downs, and it certainly does include us, yeah? Well, it definitely <laughs> might include us, I would agree. Well, we're talking about the one and only Rosalie House Vineyard and Cellar Door, of course, just outside Toowoomba. It's a beautiful little lily vale. You feel like you're a million miles away there. There's some fabulous events coming up during the 2022 Harvest Festival. Look, they sure do. And Rosalie House is a favourite of ours. Um, the Thompson family, they've really put their stamp on this beautiful venue. The whole family... Um, so much hard work has gone into creating Rosalie House, Lee, as you see it today. Mm. If you haven't been there, which I know you have, but if you haven't been there, then we really recommend that you check it out. They're open Thursday to Sunday, and it's one of the most stunning places to enjoy great food and, of course, a little wine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they've just gone from strength to strength as they opened in 2018. It's now a multi-award-winning restaurant and cellar door, and not only it do is. they serve amazing wine and food, but... Oh, the sunsets over the vines, very hard to beat. Well, they are beautiful, the sunsets, at any time of the year. And um, right now you can enjoy one of those sunsets with your sweetheart because this Sunday they're offering an early Valentine's Day celebration. So what it is, it's a picnic for two on the lawn. Doesn't that sound fantastic, Yeah, love it. It does sound great. Now, Chef Tesh, she's created a basket of delicious goodies to share. The cost is just $90 for two, and it includes a bottle of sparkling Chardonnay. There'll also be live music, which will create a great atmosphere. So it sounds like a perfect afternoon, doesn't it? Absolutely, and that's good value, $90, and that includes the bottle of the sparkling Chardonnay. Then next Sunday, the 20th, they're hosting the Grape Stomp Festival. Now, I believe there's a few tickets left to this event. Of course, grape stomping dates back centuries to the early Romans who used that method as a key part of their winemaking process. And if you've never done it, I've done a celebrity grape stomp, at a big event, of Ooh. course, in Stanford. Uh, yeah. And I can tell you, it feels good between your toes. I don't know if I would have drank the end product, though. <laughs> well, I have never tried it, but there is a first time for everything, and that does does cross my mind, actually, about the end product. But, um, <laughs> yes, I have never tried grape stomping, but what I love about this grape stomp event at uh, Rosalie House is that 
a portion of the ticket price is going to support some local charities that we love, Lee, and that is um, Protea Place and Hope Horizon. All right, you can check out Rosalie House. Their website is rosaliehouse.com.au for more information on some of these upcoming events and everything they do there. Uh, I believe the Shiraz Harvest is a big one. That's coming up soon as well. It is. And look, these events do sell out, sell out really quickly, mm. but remember... It doesn't have to be an event to visit Rosalie House. You were just there yourself the other day. And um, they're open Thursday to Sunday. So give them a call and organise a wine tasting or a delicious lunch or dinner on the veranda. Oh, that, is the, that is the place to be. Get yourself yeah. a veranda seat uh, and enjoy what they do there at Rosalie House. It's brilliant. And not only there, but you'll find the best places to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, Valentine's Day, whatever it is, at dinedarlingdowns.com.au and right here every Friday with Friday Foodies. So, Kristen O'Brien, we will talk to you again next Friday. Have a great weekend. Well, this bloke is one of our most beloved comedians. I first saw him in the early part of the 90s when he was doing his Ready, Steady, Go tour around Queensland. And I tell you what, I, I just never laughed so much. Absolutely amazing to see that Steady Eddie is still out and about doing what he does best. And he will be making you laugh tonight at the Irish Club Hotel here in Toowoomba with his show coming to town. And I'm thrilled to say he joins me for breakfast this morning. Good morning to you. Steady Eddie. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very well. How are you going? Uh, a couple of years of COVID and all of those sorts of things, a bit of a disruption for your industry. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, one minute I'm working on um, cruise ships and the next minute I'm on the dole. Oh, fantastic. I, I can only imagine those shows. They would be just brilliant. I'd love to see that. Uh, and uh, your unique brand of comedy, and I, and I say that because uh, uh, certainly what I remember of seeing you in the, in the early 90s, your show then was centred around you talking about uh, being born with, with cerebral palsy, uh, and then you've sort of branched out since then, and uh, you're willing to take a pot shot at just about anything, which I love. Uh, you got into comedy, though, because of your sister, who was a comedian. Is that right? Yeah, my sister was a comedian at the time and I saw her perform and decided that uh, I was going to give it a crack. And, I mean, did you get some back with people saying, oh, come on, uh, you can't do that? Did you hear the word can't a lot? Oh, mate, I've got selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you do because you ploughed through. And in 2003, I think it was, you, you did a, a show with your sister called Family Matters. What was that like to, to come sort of full circle from her being the inspiration to you getting on stage to be able to actually sit up there and talk about how it all came about with her? Oh, it was really good. I mean, we had a, a good um, week at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Yep. It was just something um, totally uh, different to to what we normally do. Um, it, it wasn't straight stand up comedy, which was great. Absolutely, and, and that's sort of like this show I've got now with um, Jolly Jingo, and we call ourselves the Jingo Brothers. Right. And basically, it's taking the Mickey out of all the the, the loved music and uh, uh, putting a, a twist on it. How fantastic. I like that. Uh, we're doing a thing uh, every Friday on Triple M, uh, which is our Flock of 80s Fridays. And, and speaking of music, uh, you once opened for, if you like, with the Master of Ceremonies for uh, for the Oils uh, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I, yeah. I did, 
yeah, did three months with the oils, and uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, it was great, but really weird. Well, I can only imagine a, a, a you know a stadium or whatever full of oils fans, and and out you come. They must have been thinking, all right, what's going on here? Precisely, mate. I remember <laughs> one night um, I came out and I tried to say good evening, and all I got was. Oils, <laughs> and I couldn't even say hello to him. Wow, uh, I mean, what a, what an amazing journey you've had. You, you've even again, I go back to the eighties. You've you've had a, a, a performance on a show that was very famous in the eighties, uh, a country practice. Yeah, um, God, I mean, you've really got yeah, around. It wasn't the eighties. No. It was actually the nineties. That's right, it was, but because uh, the show yeah. started in the 80s, it was very famous. But No, uh, I didn't actually. I started in 91. Okay, yes. Uh, um, a lot of it, I am old, but not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously you still love what you're doing, uh, to be able to get out and do it. Is it is it more difficult in the era of political correctness uh, to to do what you do? Um, I don't, I don't um, subscribe to it. Good. You know, and, and if people don't know what I'm like by now, then, you know, that's not my problem. Well, I'll tell you what, we could all use a laugh after everything that's been going on. Uh, and I have followed you on social media for many years and uh, I've seen you, the ups and downs of your journey. And uh, I know you incorporate that whole story uh, with the uh, just your wonderful brand of humour. And uh, I know people are going to be taken on a fantastic journey tonight. It is the Irish Club Hotel, uh, one of our most beloved and, and awarded comedians. Uh, if you want to have a great night out and have a really great laugh, get yourself a ticket tonight, the Irish Club Hotel, and go and see Steady Eddie. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm so glad you're still doing what you're doing, and uh, you, you sound like that uh, you're still enjoying it as much as ever, and we certainly are on the other side of the microphone. So all the best tonight here in the Garden City for a great show. Ciao, mate. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you, mate.